on a typical day, are you mostly in level one? Or are you mostly in level four or five? Most people are probably um, don't realize that they're probably around a two to three in between there. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Campfire Capitalism. I'm your host, Desmond Dixon. And today we have an amazing guest, Miss Emily Harmon. And she has 34 years of service to her country as both a naval officer and civilian and a federal employee, retiring as a member of the Senior Executive Service in May 2019. She's a big wig, everyone. She's a big wig. Now, as a certified professional coach, Emily helps her clients transform their dreams into reality so they can create a life they love while achieving new heights of authentic success. In addition, she helps entrepreneurs create more freedom and time for themselves, their relationships and health while positioning their company to accelerate results and win government contracts. Sounds like an amazing journey. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks, Desmond. I'm excited to be here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. When I, when I first met you, I was like, man, like I really, I loved your, your, your mental modeling around like, you know, positive intelligence. And then I found your journey pretty interesting, like going from being a, you know, the Navy and, and a federal employee all the way to being an entrepreneur now. And it sounds like you're an entrepreneur a little bit by choice, right? Usually yes. people in your position just like fade away in the sunset. So like kind of talk to me about like, you know, going from the Navy to being an entrepreneur and a little bit about your journey real quick. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, when I was growing up, um, I, I was a basketball player and my dad said, you know, if you guys with, with the kids, if we focused on our sports, we didn't have to get a job. So I never really had a job. I, my job was to really be good at basketball. And I was, and that helped me get into college. It helped all three of us get into college. So I go to the Naval Academy and, um, uh, 34 years later after, well, 38 years later after I joined the Navy is when I retired. So I graduated from the Naval Academy in the sixth class of women. And there were about 72 of us in the class. We started out with like 109 in a class of like 1300. So I've, I've been the, you know, the, the only woman in the room many, many, many times, you know, working in a male dominated environment. And I was stationed on a ship and I, and uh, then I got into uh, government contracting as an officer. And then I ended up getting out of the Navy on active duty. I became a reservist and I joined the Navy uh, working as a civilian. And I worked my way up in the ranks. I was a, a contracting officer negotiating contracts for airplanes for the Navy and the Marine Corps and the avionics that go in them, things like that. And then I became the director of the Office of Small Business Programs for the Department of the Navy. So my boss was the undersecretary of the Navy. I worked you know, for him and the secretary of the Navy just and with the acquisition teams, figuring out the best ways to maximize opportunities for small businesses to do business with the federal government. And that was really cool. It was not on my top 1000 list of jobs I wanted because um, it required public speaking and I was terrified of public speaking and it required like event planning. And, but when I took that job, I realized that those are my strengths. I really love public speaking and I love, you know, using my entrepreneurial spirit. That was a job that was more entrepreneurial because um, I just had some more flexibility, not like contracting rules that are so strict. And when I retired in May of 2019, three years ago, pretty much today was my first day of retirement. Um, I 
everyone was telling me what I should do. You should go be a consultant for federal contractors and help them win contracts. And it, I noticed it just made me go, Ugh, I don't want to do that. What is it that I want to do was something that was kind of hard to come up with a little bit because I had been putting everyone and everything else ahead of me. I had been a single parent. I'd been raising my kids. I had had you know, challenges with uh, raising them. They're both doing great now. And I just had been through so many tough challenges that my dreams, what, who is Emily? What does Emily want? Kind of got buried in that. And so I, I did figure out I wanted to be a podcast host. And I just celebrated three years of podcasting and 199 episodes. And so my public speaking with small business led to that, right? I became an entrepreneur. So my, which is I wanted to be a coach. I, I've always mentored people and I wanted to learn about coaching and coach others. And so I, I, I did that and I love it. I, and along the way, I learned some things about how challenging it is to be an entrepreneur, to be a solopreneur, to be the leader of a company. I saw it from the side of government contractors coming and approaching me about doing business with the government. I saw the stress and the anxiety and the challenges they faced. It's hard to win government contracts. It can be. And so now I see it from this perspective. And I've learned some tools that can have helped me and that can really help others. So that's a little bit about my uh, journey, Desmond. Man, that's you know, it's so fascinating. So when you, you know, when you took the leap into the podcasting and the coaching, like what's the you know, what, what, like what's, what's the zone of genius or the area that you love to focus on? Like you mentioned that like the anxiety that you were, the energy that you were feeling from, you know, a lot of these small business owners that were approaching you about the federal, you know, the federal government contract. So like, talk to me a little bit about your zone of genius and some things that you see, you know, in the marketplace specifically. Well, at first I thought, you know, that my podcast would be on, I would interview people on, um, small businesses on how they were successful in federal contracting. And I just decided I kind of wanted to get away from that. I'm really more interested in the human side, the self-leadership side. Um, but some of the things I see, I've heard um, people talk on your show about this. It, it's the same with doing business with the government. You know, you might be really interested in your product and really attached to it, but you haven't taken the time to talk to the customer about what they need, right? You're just there to try to sell something to them and you, have, you haven't established a relationship. You don't even know what they need. Um, that's the same thing in doing business with the government. So relationships is just as important in the federal government. Um, so that's one thing I, I noticed. And another thing is, you know, I've noticed how our minds can say, they didn't return my call. I know why they're not interested in what I'm trying to sell. Well, sometimes we just believe what our mind is telling us. We are not our mind. We are the observer of our mind. And so we need to stop and say, well, what else could be true? Maybe my email went to junk mail, which is a lot of times what happened with the way the federal government email is. Um, it's kind of strict. So sometimes it went to junk mail. The person didn't get your email. Maybe they're really swamped. You know, there's what else could happen? Maybe they're in the hospital with COVID. I mean, you don't know. So we, we, we can, our minds can defeat us before, re, you know, before we're even really defeated. We're not defeated and we believe it. And so that's something I noticed is that the contractors that established relationships, followed up frequently, just keeping you informed with what I'm doing, keeping touch base with you, what's going on in your neck of the woods, what are the challenges you're facing? Those are the ones that, that were successful and the ones that also um, were able to not just believe everything their mind is telling them. 
man. I'm, I'm, I'm literally reminiscing about a time where that happens to me. Like, I feel like no matter what level of entrepreneurship you're in, if you're doing six figures, seven figures, eight figures, nine, 10, whatever, that voice, that fear, that like that story pops up and it can be so sneaky sometimes. Like for instance, like, I think the most, this, like the, I don't know if this is fear or not, but you know, I categorize it as fear or I look at it as fear is when I hide behind my own biases to back up my story of why I should or should not do something. Like I'm like pretty well convinced in my head, like, Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, I can just continue to do it this way besides like challenging and thinking differently. Right. So right. yeah. Yeah. I, right. I literally just struggled with that yesterday and I had to like, uh-huh. <laughs> like whip myself, I was like, okay, you need to pivot, Desmond. Do this instead. Yeah. Um. So, so what's your advice for entrepreneurs out there who are like, you know, dealing with that confirmation bias that's feeding something that's probably against their self interest in the long run, like a bad habit or something. Yeah. Or attachment to something. I think self awareness is so key, right? I know that when I worked for the federal government, when I my whole career, pretty much, I think because of the way I was brought up, not in a bad way, but my mom was just always busy. Do something, do something, you know, always busy and achieving. I was rewarded in my mind. I was rewarded for achieving, for being a good basketball player, for getting a good grade. And so achieving and checking things off my to-do list and staying busy were things that I was conditioned to do. Maybe not I mean, I'm sure that they didn't say, let me raise a daughter who's this, this, and this way. It's just the way it is. And it's the way I reacted to them, the way I saw things. And, and so that continued. So looking at our old, uh, that our past patterns and seeing if they even serve us anymore. Because when I retired, I, this is what I, my thinking process was. Um, I cannot wait to retire because then I won't be as busy. I'm tired of being so busy where my job and my boss is just driving me to stay busy. And I can't have in-depth conversations with people. I can't do this and that, you know, I'm just, I'm not able to exercise as much. My job, it's my job. So I retired and I was busier than ever. Okay. (laughs) I was busier than ever starting my business. Um, One day I was sitting at my desk and I thought, Oh, I guess I could have gone hiking today, but you know, it's, it was a habit. It's a pattern. It's kind of like an elephant who, a baby elephant who's tied to with a tiny little string to a, a, a tree and doesn't think it can move. And when it's an adult, it's like, you're just trained. So self-awareness teaches us to take a look at that, to stop. I thought I was too busy to stop. I thought I didn't know. I didn't know how to stop. I wanted to, but I didn't know how. And that's something that I've learned is that um, I, and, and so I had to look at myself because I didn't have a boss to point to, but me, I didn't have a job to point to, but me, I was the one making the work. So then I saw my life differently. It's me. And I started working on myself. And when you work on yourself and you change yourself, your whole external world changes too. And now I have as much or more to do than I did when I was a senior executive and I accomplish it in ease and flow. I accomplish it in less time. I accomplish it not feeling stressed because I, I know more about how my mind works and I know myself and I know my mind and I know that I can. I didn't think I could. I know that I can't. I am not my mind. My mind doesn't have to run me. And that's what that positive intelligence coaching program that I'm getting ready to be certified in is, is all about. You learn a little bit about your more about your mind and how 
you can create new, new neural pathways in your brain. You know, we have these automatic reactions. When this happens, because it happened once before, then this is how it's going to be. And that doesn't have to be that way. Mm, it's deep. Man, I'm about to do some work this month. I need to do some inner work. Um, so let me ask you this. So like, I think this is a perfect segue because I have another interesting question, actually. So, you know, you, you talk about this positive intelligence and like really be having that self-awareness of your mind. Let's take it one step further to, to a little bit two-dimensional. And like, I want to ask you about how does this like correlate and dance with like the right energy when you're interacting? And then how does that energy then like affect your business, which is three-dimensional, right? So tell me like the, the relationship between that self-awareness and understanding your energy and then how that energy then can translate into growth in your business or, you know, yeah. deeper relationships or whatever like that. Okay. Yeah. I just did a webinar on this because um, my coaching is I'm a certified core energy coach and core energy coaches believe that change starts within us. Uh, like I had just said, you know, I thought it was the world that needed to change. You know, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. I'm too busy. It was me. And then everything else was fine in my, my perspective. So with energy, um, you know, if you look at the world through, put your glasses on and they have a green tint, the world's going to look green. If you put, change it to blue, the world will look blue. So our, there's seven different energy levels and our energy level is based on that we, we usually react to situations with a certain energy level. And it's based on what's happened in the past, how we were brought up, you know, our past experiences, our current experiences. That's how we see the world. And so the first level of energy, I won't go through them all, but is, you know, your core thought is you're like a victim. It's like everything else needs to change. You know, if that ha changed, then I would be fine. You know, you're the victim in this situation. And your core feeling is kind of apathy. And then you're kind of lethargic and you don't really feel like doing anything. That's like the lowest level of energy. And you're just like, I, I give up. You know, I, it's too hard. I don't know what else to do. You know, that's that level. So you're looking through the world with a level two, one energy lens, learning, noticing that and learning how to switch to maybe a level six lens, which is more joyful and stuff. It's just, it impacts your thoughts. So I, I can't go into it all in this podcast, but you know, a level two is conflict. Uh, that's a little higher energy because you're really in conflict with somebody and, you know, someone cuts you off on the road and you think, oh, jerk, or my <laughs> boss is a jerk. Um, well, maybe they were Russian, you know, what other options could there be that that person cut you off? It's not all about you. So, you know, we, we tend to react in these certain ways. I spent a lot of my life, I think in energy level three, which, it, which is I'm fine. I just push through. I can make it. I'm, I'm good. It's people, you see the glass half full. I'm, I'm, I'm usually an up person. That's kind of level three energy. There's seven levels. You can experience life through more levels than that. And you more levels in level three, and you can choose your level if you're self-aware and our energy is contagious, right? Like if I came to this podcast interview, like, hi Desmond. Yeah, I'm ready. You'd pick up on that, right? I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> you know, how are your employees are picking up on your energy? And so the assessment that I can give through my coaching program, it's a proprietary assessment, but it's this energy leadership index and you answer questions. And based on how you answer the questions, it will tell you throughout the day on a typical day, 
what energy levels you experience. We all experience all of the energy levels, but it's a matter of on a typical day, are you mostly in level one? Are you mostly in level four or five? Most people are probably um, don't realize that they're probably around a two to three in between there. And then it shows you another bar chart, which under stress, where you go. And then it tells you your average resonating level of energy. So imagine knowing as a leader of a company, what's the average resonating level of energy for my leadership team? Because that leadership, that energy of your leadership team is contagious. And so what if you knew what that average resonating level is? Um, and, and that's what I like about this program. It, you, know, you might think to yourself, yeah, I hardly go to level one that often, but you start when you become more aware, you realize, oh, I do that. I do that a lot. Or you might think I don't go to level one. So I know I go to level one. This is when I go to level one. I'm a lot of times I'm in level five, which is somebody who can see all the options. I see so many options. I could do this with my business. I could do this. Oh, this is what I could do with my podcast. I see all these options. Then I get overwhelmed and I go to level one. Oh, F it. I just can't do anymore. I'm done. So how long do I want to stay in level one? And am I aware that I'm in level one? And am I in level one by choice or by, you know, because I need some rest and I just need to chill and, you know, maybe I could even do that from a higher level or am I level one? Because that's the way I always react in this situation. Maybe somebody else, um, when they get overwhelmed, they go and yell at their wife or kid. That's level two. Mm. So being aware of that and knowing that you can pick those and you can, you don't have to react to the circumstances around you. You can choose your energy level. Learning how to do that is life-changing. Man. Um, I was wondering the entire time I was like, man, the energy, like the energy levels. I wonder if it's abundance is abundance on that, on that, in those levels. Like abundance. What, what, um, I think a level of abundance would be probably level six, kind of like we all win, you know, level seven is mm -hmm. like the gurus, right? No one wins. It's not really real. Um, you know, it's okay. We're all, you know, and so the, the gurus are like maybe at energy seven, a lot more, but, um, it's the level of just like pure passion and then, uh, and joy. And another thing I, I think we think a lot of times is in order to feel that I got to be on vacation. I can't be in my house. And I used to think that like I used to, when I was raising my kids, we would go camping just to get away. And so I don't have to see the laundry and my to-do list and stuff. And I could really relax more. And my, mm -hmm. and when I retired, my coach said, you know, I thought that I would find that just automatically being retired, but no. So my coach said, you can find that level of joy in your own condo, even though, you know, it may not be as neat as you want it, or you can find things wrong. You can find that level of joy there. And I, I didn't really believe it until I did. So we are always looking outside ourselves for that joy. Like, let me buy this purse. Let me buy this new car. Let me buy this new house. If I have that, I'll be happy. Once I achieve this, I'll be happy. Now you can be happy right where you are. And the reason I like to coach on create a life you love living now is because right when I retired three weeks later, my daughter called and told me her dad had cancer and we had been divorced. But I, I helped take care of him because two weeks after his diagnosis, he was paralyzed in both arms. He was 64 when he died five months later. And I know that he died with regret. I, he didn't talk a lot, but I could see what he was thinking. He was regretting 
he was not thinking about his friggin' to-do list. I'll tell you right, right now. He was not thinking about what should be on his website or what, you know, all the things that we spend all day thinking about. You know, who do I need to call? How do I make a sale? He was thinking about his relationships. He was thinking, who was I being while I was doing? He wasn't mm. thinking necessarily what energy level was I in, but you know, that's kind of like understanding who are you being while you're doing? You're a human being. So what's important is the relationships, the 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 self-actualization. So much more important than, you know getting the next sale or, or whatever. And so I saw that and that really changed me. And I thought we can create a life we love living right now, not waiting until I go on this vacation or waiting till this happens. Or once I make seven figures, then I'll be happy. Nope. It's you, you can already be happy now. You can find that in yourself. We all have it, that ability. Man, I think that's important that we literally hold that. First of all, I'm hold, I thank you for for sharing that. Um, you know, as entrepreneurs, like you said, we work so hard of getting to the next goal and doing it at all cost, and like all the focus and energy goes into that. And sometimes we forget why we're all doing what what, yeah. what we're doing this for. Um, and even that's like important. As an, yeah. And this is an example, like I'm traveling the world right now and it's like a lifetime, like a childhood dream of mine to do this. And it really took me six months to really value it and be present. And it was when I was finding myself working 12 hours a day, six hours a day at the business where I was like, why am I doing this when <laughs> I'm traveling the world? <laughs> And I started to find so much joy in the little things like going on walks in yeah. the morning where I don't have any calls. Like my mornings are to myself. I don't do anything anymore. I just go for a walk and look at the class. It's not super woo guys, but it just added so much more substance to my days. And it actually slowed my traveling down because yeah. I'm just, it's so, it's, it's crazy. So talk to me about like, I already have some ideas what I love to do in terms of the help, the help with my mindset, but I'm curious, like what kind of, tools or like practices that people can do to, you know, really enjoy life a little bit more, right. To remind themselves to be present to, um, you know, maybe look more than, more than the glass is full, right. Like the glass right. is always, you know what I mean? So like, what are some tools that you can share with us that, you know, can help some of these entrepreneurs and, and investors out there? Well, I think first is, um, you know, for me at least, and maybe others is getting out in nature, take your shoes off, get your feet in the grass, hug a tree. I mean, I'm serious. They all have energy and you can just get out in nature and just realize, look up at the sky and you realize I'm just a little thing in this universe, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's really important that my website's updated today or whatever. Um, but uh, the other thing that you can do, which is what I learned in this positive intelligence program. So let me just explain this program a little bit. It's all, it's written by a, a book written by Shazad Shamin called positive intelligence. And it's about how we can strengthen our mental fitness. You know, you are not your mind. You have control over your mind. We, we just don't always exercise it. And so there's an assessment that you can take. It's a free assessment. It takes you like a few minutes to take it uh, that will tell you what your top saboteurs are in your mind. We all have a judge. The judge judges other people, judges circumstances, it's good or bad, situations, 
and judges ourselves, our inner critic. You're probably really familiar with your inner critic part of your judge, maybe not as aware of how often we're judging other people or situations. Okay. So the judge will go recruit one of these nine other saboteurs. Um, I'll list a few of them. My top one used to be hyperachiever. My hy- and, and basically he says that these saboteurs tell us lies. So my hyperachiever does tell me a lie. It's like, if you achieve this, you're going to be happy. I achieve <laughs> it. And it's like, nah, nah, not, nah, not that. You achieve this, then you're going to be happy. Okay. I don't have long. I believe those friggin' lies. Okay. So the judge will judge a situation like, oh, this is bad situation. She's got to achieve something. Let me go recruit that, that hyperachiever. So my hyperachiever has shifted to number two. My number one is, which I didn't even really realize there was a name for it. I guess it's 80. People might say they have ADHD, but it's the restless saboteur. The restless saboteur is always seeing all these options and looking for different things. And, and let me focus on this. Oh, let me go to this. Let me go to that. And um, it, their strengths until they're overused. And then they become, when they sabotage you and your way of living in peace and joy, then it's not really a strength anymore. Right. So my, both of those, the hyperachiever and the restless, when you're in those being sabotaged by in your brain by them, you're not really feeling your feelings. You're staying busy. You're ignoring your feelings. One of my guests on the podcast said, my podcast said, when you shove your feelings to the basement, they go lift weights. And they do. Like yes. my, my feelings, I, I was so busy never feeling my feelings and stuff. And I knew that. It's one of the reasons I retired. But when Bruce died, they all came up. The feelings from the divorce in 2002. You know, all these feelings that I just hadn't felt, it all came up and I felt it. So you got to feel your feelings It's t- in order to let them go. But other saboteurs would be pleaser, you know, somebody who's putting everyone and el- everyone else first. Mm-hmm. I have that saboteur, victim, um, stickler, got to dot the I and cross the T kind of thing, um, controller, <laughs> right? Controller. So these other... So you can figure out what your saboteurs are and there's an assessment. And then the assessment also tells you another assessment that he has tells you what percent of the time you're being hijacked by your saboteurs. And most people are being hijacked by their saboteurs uh, the majority of the day um, and without even realizing it. So once you know, oh my gosh, I've got these saboteurs. Then what you do is you learn to strengthen your saboteur interceptor muscle, which is the ability to notice that this, that you are being hijacked by your saboteur. Like you're like, Oh, I look fat in this dress hijack. You know, how do you catch that and not talk to yourself that way? And so how do you catch when you're judging somebody, um, or your, or a situation is this is really bad. You know, the guy didn't call me back hijack because there's another way of thinking about it. So you catch that, you strengthen that saboteur interceptor muscle, and then you strengthen your self-command muscle, which is the muscle that commands you to think of what other ways are there to look at this and to shift to your sage, which is, um, he's done studies, you know, this is the sage part of your brain is located on the right side of your brain. So your saboteurs are in the left side. So you switch. So you're creating new neural pathways to say, I'm not going down this normal path of thinking that this is the only way it is. I'm going to create a new neural pathway to the right side of my brain that is where I, ha- I find compassion, clear-headed thinking, inquisitiveness, you know, ability to navigate in ease and flow. 
And so how do you catch yourself and how do you notice when this is happening? Number one, you take the assessment. So you know a little bit more about your saboteur as you read his book. You could go into a coaching program because you're not going to change something just by knowing it. You have to practice it. And then you practice what he calls a PQ rep, which is a short exercise. Like you might just take three or four deep breaths and then close your eyes and just rub two fingers together with such attention that you can feel the ridges in your fingertips and you're quiet when you do that. And then when you're doing that, your brain is going to say, this is stupid. Your judge, this is stupid. You don't have time to do this. You're the head of your company. You're a solopreneur. You're trying to make millions and you're rubbing your fingers together. You say, nope, it's not stupid. And you self-command your brain to come back to focusing on this. So you're starting to train your brain, right? And you do a two-minute PQ rep. That's a two-minute, that's a two-pound weight, a two-pound problem. You could do 15-minute PQ rep. You can handle even bigger challenges in your life in ease and flow and in calm. So that's that's just one way of doing that PQ reps, but considered you should be doing them throughout the day, doing them before you host a podcast, kind of centering yourself. Let me focus on this. So my mind's not wandering on all these other things. I'm not hijacked. And you'll find your day goes a lot smoother and you practice those PQ reps. And you don't even have to You could do them in a meeting, rub your fingers under the desk so no one can see. You could do it when you're washing your hands. You know, just notice the water flowing over your hands. It's about training your mind to be present and not thinking about the past or the future and stressing over it. Boom. That's some good game there. Um, I already have another follow-up question. Hope you don't mind. That was a long answer to your short question. (laughs) That was good. In my mind, I'm like, Man, I'm definitely a curiosity sabotager or or, or the, the uh, strict strictness, like being restrictive and like crossing the odds. I didn't realize how analytical I was because I'm more analytical with myself than I am with other people. Of like processes and systems and then controller. You yeah. know what I mean, like I didn't realize. I thought I'm like super chill promoter kind of energy like but i'm really more <laughs> introverted and, and and stricter than i thought which is pretty fascinating as a, a revolution as an entrepreneur but i have an interesting question for you because this is something that personally comes up for me and i love doing these podcasts because i get to like talk to really smart people and and get something out of it too right i mm-hmm. think that's a yeah. beautiful part and share it with the audience so personally something i used to struggle with growing up was definitely anger, right? I was definitely an angry, angry kid, right? Um, And as an entrepreneur right now, there's definitely like flashes of moments. Obviously you have a lot more self-control, like you're not going losing, you know, losing your top on people, right? Yeah. Like going around being, um, but temperament when dealing with issues, like letting things are unexpected in the business, like for instance, today, and they, they always feel like they come in waves. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's because your mind is focusing on everything that's going wrong around you and you yeah. hyphen those things. Asking but what's like, next. I'll show you what's next. The universe will say, here's what's yeah. next. <laughs> so, so like, for instance, in the last 24 hours, like I felt like three things just randomly came up that was just not planned. That just like kind of throws you off the course of a plan. And you have to, at first, my first instinct was, about to lose my, I was about to blow my top, <laughs> and like, and just like cut everything off and not everything, but you know, like just like chop. Like I'm a cutter, 
Like uh-huh. if I'm dealing with an employee that drives me nuts or something like that, sometimes I'm with the patients or whatever. My first thought is like, I need to like let this person go. I know that's not, I, I care about people, people don't get me wrong, but when things bad happen that you don't expect, you know, I mean, accountability, like you, but you have to nurture relationships, right? Right. That, or it could be a client too. Like, yo, you're not listening. Like, can you listen to, you can, you know what I mean? So you're dealing with clients, you, you know, maybe you want to cut a client. So how do you, like, what's some, like some game to help stay calm? Because I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're on these bumpy roads. Like I feel like once a month, there's like this episode that comes up where I'm like, feel like I'm about to blow my top. So like, what would you tell me in my situation, like to deal with this comp? I would tell you a couple things. I would tell you to ask yourself, what's it say about me that I'm getting upset by this? And Oof. you may not know the answer and keep asking, well, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Instead of pointing at the other person, it's like, you have three pointing back at you, three fingers when you point at somebody else. So what's it saying about you? Why are you getting upset about that? Oh, it's triggering something that happened like when, similar when I was a child. So another thing that you can do is to, in the morning, take a walk, sit down, do a few PQ reps and ask yourself, what's, what's important about today? How do I, who do I want to be today? How do I want to show up? And do you want to be somebody who's reacting to all these things that are, things are going to happen? Or do you want to choose how you react and choose how you respond? Who do you want to be? Because it's not about what you get done. It's about who you become along the way. Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? So here, let me just give an example. Uh, I gave it last night at the webinar. And sometimes we're just not even aware to ask. That's why I like working with coaches. I'm a co- if you invest in a coach, invest in a coach who's working with a coach because they're working on themselves too. No one ever is got this all down. But um, recently, back in February, I went on this trip um, with this group called Explorer Chicks. It's just women that you know want to go on a trip. Can't, maybe they don't have friends that'll go with them. So they just show up together. And there's 15 of us and uh, it was snowshoeing, uh, cross-country skiing and hiking. And one woman in the group was kind of telling the group leader what to do. And that was really annoying me. I was feeling uncomfortable. She's like, well, I don't know if we, I've been here before and I think we should go on this hike. And I think we should do this. And is everybody here? You know, I'm like, she's not the group leader. And so that was bugging me. <laughs> What's it? Instead of p- focusing on her, my judge is saying, you know, she's being this way. That's bad. How, how can I not be sabotaged by my judge? And how can I, you know, approach this with compassion. So when I really looked at that, well, what's this saying about me? Well, I have a pleaser saboteur. My pleaser saboteur was or was being hijacked because I was uncomfortable for the leader of the group. Like, how is she feeling with this woman telling her what to do? That's none of my business. She's fine. She's an adult. She can handle it, right? But I was just feeling uncomfortable because I wouldn't do that. So... It's not about her. It's about me and how I want to react and who I am and getting to know yourself. If we could all do that, just think about how much a better world this would be because we're all going around taking out our frustrations on other people. And the other thing we learn in positive intelligence and in anything in life is you can find the gift or the opportunity in any quote unquote, bad situation. There really isn't any good or bad. We might judge it as bad. How do you know it's bad? Um, My kid's dad dying. Yeah, no fun. 
What's the gift or the opportunity in that? Someone gets so paralyzed with cancer, they their arms are paralyzed. They can't feed themselves. They can't get up out of the couch. They can't do anything by themselves. They can't brush their teeth. They can't scratch the itch on their nose. What's so good about that? What's the gift and the opportunity in that? So I could be bitter. My kids could be bitter. The gift and the opportunity is that I'm now have a podcast about create a life you love living now. I'm living my life better and my kids are living their lives better. They so much more appreciate life having seen that. So do they want their dad to be gone? No, but they can find a gift or an opportunity to learn from that and not be bitter. We can do that with all of the situations in our lives. And I'm telling you, he he was verbally abusive, didn't have a good relationship with me or the kids. That's what I know he was regretting when he passed away based on a few things that he said and just how he was, he was thinking. And so how do you, what do you want to be thinking when you're in that situation? So one thing that you can do is you can close your eyes and do a visualization. You might think it's corny, but athletes visualize all the time. Do a visualization of you, Desmond, visiting your elder wiser self you know, and asking what's important now, what would your elder wiser self say is important now about who you're being with this employee that is frustrating you or whatever. Um, And that's kind of a long visualization to get yourself in that clear mind and mode and not thinking about your to-do list. No, we're talking about, you're going to go visit the elder Desmond and ask what's important now, what's really important now. And you'll find it's not your to-do list. It's how, you, it's how you treat those around you and how you treat yourself. That's what you want to be thinking. Because Bruce was a workaholic. He worked a lot. He was a very dedicated to his country, served in the army, retired as a colonel, was serving for the Navy. He was really busy at work all the time. In fact, that's probably why he didn't get his cancer diagnosed until it was too late because he was busy. In fact, when he when he was diagnosed, his, I'm getting frustrated now, but his right arm was hurting. So he, he knew that it was his rotator cuff. So he kept going to work in a lot of pain, finally went and got an MRI, which is when they found two tumors, the size of um, tennis balls in each lung, one in each lung, one in his kidney and innumerable throughout his body. Um, They found that, but the next day he went to work until they called and said, you've got to come in for surgery now because his C5 vertebrae was a tumor. So um, really what's important? Work? I don't think so. It's who you're becoming and who you're being and how you're going to feel on your last days. Mm. Man. Man. (laughs) That put that that puts life into into perspective. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, it's like think about other people and think about like how you want to leave an impact on this planet and no regrets. Man, that's deep. Yeah, and so sometimes it's a matter of making that time to think about that. We're all busy. We all got stuff to do. So one thing you could do too, when, when a situation comes up at work, like you're frustrated, you, your anger is coming up, 
what's the gift and the opportunity in this for me to further my self-awareness, for me to further my self-actualization, for me to become who I really want to be, more of myself? What's the opportunity in this for me instead of being pissed off? Mm-hmm. Then that takes strengthening your self-command muscle so you can even stop and even ask yourself that. And so in handling this situation at work, which is important, how do I also keep my mind on the bigger picture, which is I'm always trying to improve myself and how I impact others. So that's how you can use those challenges to your op- as a gift or an opportunity right then and there. Boom. <laughs> All right, I'm taking that one with me. All right. Good thing, good thing I don't have anything to do for the next five. All right, I chose not to do anything for the next good. five days. No, no meeting. So good. Um, yeah, I'm do a lot of journaling. I'm gonna journal right after this episode, guys. So if you're driving, don't journal yet. But hopefully, this was <laughs> this was a really good episode. Um, well, Desmond, what I, one thing I wanted to say is, you know, I see a lot of people talking about how to win contracts, how to do B2B, how to do all this stuff, how to track clients, how to do all this stuff, and how to win government contracts. And to me, there's more to it than that. It's like, who are you being as you're doing that? Mm. I don't see that talked about a lot. Mm. Who are you being while you're doing that? Because you're the common denominator in all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's deep. Um, yeah, we might have to do a part two, but uh, okay. <laughs> this was good. I learned. I, 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 I'm walking away feeling different after this episode. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving us a ton of value. And good, you know, I'm glad. Yeah, it was really good. Covered a lot. Um, so how can people find you? Talk about talk to us about your podcast. Yeah, and if you, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go there. Uh, basically, you can just go to my website, which is Emily Harmon. H A R M A N dot com and you can find my YouTube channel from there. You can find my podcast from there. You can find my coaching programs from there. You can schedule a meeting with me. And then also I'm I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So um connect with me on LinkedIn, Emily Harmon, H-A-R-M-A-N. And um I'd love to talk with you and see how I can help. Boom. So that's going to be in the show notes guys. So if you're driving, wait, but go definitely go check out Emily um and yeah thank you for coming on the show thank you desmond i appreciate it awesome so guys once again congratulations you made it to the end of the episode i thank you for giving us your time which is the most precious resource on the planet definitely definitely go check out what emily's doing i mean she just dropped some major game on us and she's definitely you could tell that she's doing this from a place of abundance from her heart um, cause she had a really successful career and, and this is, looks like her life's mission. So go check out to what she's doing. Go check out her podcast. And we thank you for coming, hanging out with us around the campfire. We'll see you at the next show. Peace. Mm-hmm.